Welcome to the Draft Champions Podcast. I'm your host, Zach. I'm here with Johnny Fish. Uh, you can find John on Twitter at uh, Fish2483. Does that mean anything? The numbers? Uh, 24 is my number in basketball in high school, and uh, 83 is the year I was born. 83 is the year I was born, too. Nice. What, you, what month is your birthday? January 25th. Oh, okay. We're, I'm in April, so... We weren't born on the same day, but we're close. You're a couple months older than I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's get started here. Main events coming up. We already had two in the books, and we uh, just before we started, uh, just before I pressed record, we were looking at some of the ADPs, uh, and we're going to get into that a bit. We're going to talk about um, your main event, my main event, um, um, pending my pending main main event, some of our strategies. We're going to talk um, just uh, different players and. Um, um, how things, how you, how you're really going to evaluate players going into the main and just talk about some of the specific players and how things might, um, play a bigger role now than they would in a 162 game season without trying to be too repetitive. But, uh, by the end, we're going to be going through uh, specific players and, and looking at the ADP from the first two main events and, um, trying to decide whether or not that's going to be representative of the rest of the main events. So let's get going here. Um, I'm still, I still haven't picked a main event, but I'm going to join one. Um, I just uh, don't know which one to, to join it. I'm looking at who's in it, um, and I'm looking at the sign-up sign board under contests in the NFBC. Um, which ones are you in? And I know you're in one with Mike. Curlin. Yep, Mike Curlin and I are uh, sharing a team Sunday night. We just got our draft spot last night. We will be drafting out of the 10 spot. How do you feel about that? Um, you know, we kind of discussed it a little bit, and we just – Kind of, we just left the left the preferences one through fifteen. Um, we kind of discussed a little bit what if we like to be on the end or not on the on the wheel, and we did initially, and then after we talked it over a little bit, we didn't. So we just left it as is, and uh, we're, we're we're happy with the ten pick. We're we're kind of we're fine with uh, wherever we draft from. So nice. Um, do you got your draft slot for the one that you're doing on your own? Nope. That uh, that draft is on the twenty first, so we will find the draft uh, draft spot out tomorrow night for that. Any recommendations for me in terms of um, uh, how, what to look for in terms of which one to join? I don't know. Well, like, if uh, you, uh, I mean, it kind of depends. Do you want to draft close to the season, or are you, are you itching to get going? I'm generally more, I'm itching to get going, but I get, but seeing this ADP is a nice little uh, advantage in terms of hindsight. So if I, if I go to the, if I go to the main event um, signup sheets, I see there's some, um, there's some available that are not, that, that are really not that close to filled yet. So if I go to contest, contest signups, and I filter by sprint main event, um, there's one, well, if you're looking, if you're ready to get going, July 19th basically has one spot open. Uh, ah. At 7 or 8 p.m. Eastern, I guess. That's ah, my mom's birthday. I can't do that one. Oh, okay. Um, but um, I'm looking at the 20th. Casey Chaw's in that one. But I've drafted with him quite a bit in these main events, so I sort of know who he likes. Um not to not to say that he's good or bad player, but I'm saying he generally doesn't go for the same guys I go for. So that might be something well, to consider. Judging by his track record, I think he'd be a good one to avoid. Yeah, that's what I 
I've also dedu- that's what I also deduced. Yeah, you know, I don't really worry about that kind of stuff, like who's in the league or anything. They're all tough. I mean, these are the main events. These guys are putting up, you know, usually 1,700 a team. I mean, it's 1,200 a team this year, but they're all good. Like every main event league is a good league. Yeah, I guess the, the one thing, so you're saying don't, just because you don't recognize any names, don't think you're going to sneak your by, sneak your guys past anyone in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to get Bo Bichette in the fifth round, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to him. He's just a, he's an easy, to easy guy to, to make an example of because he's just been yeah. pushed up a lot, as everyone knows. Um, so um, let's talk about Curlin a bit because Curlin's a buddy of mine, obviously. Um, we sort of got into this together. We, we've um, got more and more serious about fantasy baseball at the same time together. We started out playing, I don't know if you know, but we played in like home leagues, not home leagues because we're in different countries, but they were relatively serious, $100 or more buy-in leagues, just not the NFBC. And it was good competition, obviously, because both of us were in there. But um, um, how are you feeling about um, Curlin being a partner of yours? Why'd you choose him? Uh, you know, I reached out to Mike, I don't know, it was probably about a week ago and just seeing if he was interested in splitting the team. I know he, uh, he does a lot for the fantasy baseball industry and I just thought I'd reach out and see if you want to split a team. Um, and had to convince him a little bit, but we got it done. And, uh, you know, it's with a short, crazy season, nothing is like, everybody's kind of in the same boat, you know? not a hundred percent sure what's going to happen happen a lot of you know confidence levels of a lot of different guys are not as high as they usually are so i thought it'd be good to to, you know reach out to mike and i'm happy that he accepted and uh you know we've been sharing some 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 draft ideas and anything any 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 beans you can spill uh not quite yet (laughs) when when's your when's your when's your draft our draft is uh sunday night so, you know, we just, we've kind of just gone over, like, who we like in, at the 10 spot and, you know, who's possibly going to be there in the second round. The thing is, you know, we've, we've had two main event drafts, but each day there's guys reporting to camp or there's, you know, another one out. And the ADP doesn't really – I mean, it doesn't really mean a ton. You're right. We compared to how it's going to mean on Sunday because there's so much has changed. You're right. Um I was talking to Mike and um, I told him that I, like we were talking about, he was telling me that he was, um, he's working with you in the main. I'm like, I could never split a team with anyone just because like, I just want to be in control. Like even with fab and the draft, I just, I just, I'm just, it's just my personality. I, I just want to, I want to be making hundred percent of the decisions. And it's nice to, I guess, split the, the, the resources that are involved. But um, um why do you, why do you, why do, why do you think not maybe yourself, but anyone, why do you think, why do you, why, what would be the benefit to sharing a team with someone in, in some of these events, aside from, I guess, financial burden? Yeah. It, well, it's, first of all, fantasy baseball is supposed to be fun. So it's always much more fun to talk about your team with somebody else who's also a part of your team. Um, you know, as the old saying goes, nobody cares about your fantasy team. Well, true. Now I have, now I have another guy who does. <laughs> so you know, I mean, he's a good baseball mind, um, you know, and I feel like I am too. And I, I like other points of view. So I'm not, you know, I've done so many drafts. I feel like I'm getting a lot of the same guys over and over and over because I'm taking the guys that I like. 
well, with, you know, shared with Mike, he's, you know, explaining some of the things about some guys that he likes. And I'm kind of based on what, who I like and how we can roster a, a, a team, you know, structure a team to, uh, that we think that can compete for the overall. Do you, th- do you feel like you guys like have generally similar tastes in players, like in terms of your guys, or do you feel like you're very much different? Yeah, for the most part, we, we were on the same page for, you know, a lot of guys we definitely don't want to draft. Um, so how do you decide, like, say you're in the, you're, you got the 10th pick and, and you say, this is, this is my top choice at the number 10. Like, I want Jose Ramirez. And then Mike goes, mm, I would take Justin Verlander. How do you break the tie there? Well, that'll, that's all going to be decided before the, before it's not going to be on the clock on the fly. Right. I guess not the 10, but what if you get to round five and you're like, yeah, yeah. and that's, that's the thing we got to, we got to, you know, dig into a little bit more. We've kind of gone over the first five, six rounds or so, you know, kind of guys that we like, guys we don't like, you know, if we get this guy in the first couple of rounds and we can't take this guy in the third or fourth, but we can take this other guy that we like. So Sounds like double the work because you have to like not only just do your own, uh, I guess, rankings and, and scenario analysis, but you have to do your own and then you have to compare it against someone else. And then if they don't match up, you have to go through another set of exercises. So yeah, it sounds yeah. like more work, but it could be um, you're, you're getting two good minds, like you said, and um, you might get, in theory, a better result. Yeah, it's, it is. I mean, it's definitely more work, but this is fun work. Yeah. Are you gonna, how are you going to talk during the draft, like on the fly, like 55 seconds? Like if you need to make a, a call, like how do you, how do you communicate? I've just never done it before. So I'm curious. Well, we'll have uh, something similar to like what we're doing now with the zoom. Uh, we'll have that up yeah. and uh, you know, we'll just be discussing. We'll, we'll know who we have. So we'll know kind of our target, what we're looking for. Okay. Uh, we'll be discussing the whole time, you know, drafting the 10 spot. Yeah, it gives you a good uh, window of like whatever eighteen, twenty picks. What is it between? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, you you got some time to. That's that's another good thing about being not in the middle is you get some you get some time to regroup. Um, right. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you a couple of things before we get into the actual um, uh, main event. Um, is anyone like I, I've asked a I've asked this question to I think most people that have come up come on, but since since the the stoppage and I guess over the next, over the last few weeks, since we've, since we've known what the plan was for baseball, has anyone just gone off your board? Like, um, or I guess the question could even be um, from before. Like, is there any players, like I know, speaking of Casey Chaw, I read the, the interview that Vlad um, uh, posted when he talked to him and he said that what he does is he just goes through the list and he just immediately crosses off people off his list and he just like ignores them in the draft. So there's certain guys that just like, he doesn't like they're dead to him. So is there anyone that, um, when is, do you, do you do that at all? And is there anyone that just like, you're not taking because realistically, you know, that they're not going to fall far enough for, for how you value them. Yeah. Uh, there's one guy <laughs> for sure that just sticks out. Was this the one you were going to tell me about when, when we were talking beforehand? Or the guy uh, that you, they, this is, is this guy that you were on and now that you're off or is this? Something no, like- no, no. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll explain it to him too. But the guy that I've, I'm completely off and I've been off him for a while is Blake Snell. I just, I cannot for the life of me understand why people are taking him in the third round. I mean, you're getting him as your ace. He had, he missed a couple months last year with surgery on his elbow. And then in February he had to have a cortisone shot on the exact same elbow because it was still bothering him. I'm just, I'm off that. I just, I have no interest in that. I think our last report on him was like a week ago uh, and he only threw 23 pitches. Um, in a simulated game 
So how did you convince Mike Curlin to get off of Blake Snell? Because he was grabbing him a ton early in ball in early drafts, but maybe his, maybe his mind is like, he was grabbing him a ton in like the second and third round in the early drafts, at least the third, maybe I missed, I don't want to put, I don't want to put uh, picks in his hands, but uh, or words in his mouth, but um, it was like, I get, did you discuss that with him? Because I just know he was a big Snell guy, at least early on. Yeah, well, our buddy uh, Dave McDonald and I on Twitter <laughs> were always uh, talking with Mike about how, because Dave's the same boat. He's completely off of Blake Snell as well. And um, I, I think that with that report finally coming out that he only threw 23 pitches, I think Mike, is, uh, Mike has seen the light. Okay, so that's good. That's good. Um, so who was your other guy that you said you were getting a lot of, or do you want to talk about that? Yeah. Um, and yeah. Now, you're, now you're sort of fading him a bit more. Yeah, this is a guy that I was. I wanted all the. I wanted to share him in every single. I wanted him in every single draft I did. Um, and let me let me see if I can guess him. Is he like an early round guy, late round guy? Do you think I'd be able? He's to, an early, early round guy, early round pitcher. Early round pitcher. So you're getting a lot of him, like in every draft. I was okay. trying to get him in every draft. Okay. Don't tell me. If, don't don't. I want, I want to see if I get him the first uh, try. But I don't. But if I don't get it, I still want to keep guessing. I'm gonna guess you, Darvish. No. Okay. So give me give me another hint. Uh, he's pitches in the NL West. Mm. Bueller. Yeah. Yeah. Bueller. Yeah. I've noticed he's, he's he actually fell. Um, in I'm in a in a draft champions white. Not a white draft champions, but a white a draft champions white uh, edition, and he fell. Well, he fell to the the ninth pick of the second round, and it was an auto draft. So, um, tell me about your thoughts on Bueller. Well, I mean, I was I loved him because he was he was my number three pitcher on my board behind Degrom uh, and, and Cole, and I don't understand. So I just saw a report yesterday that he's scheduled to throw two innings in his next like you know scrimmage or whatever it's like two innings i mean the season starts in a week like so when are you going to actually be able to you know throw your six or seven innings like three weeks and it's just it's too where he's going is just too it's too big of a i don't want to say a liability because he's still good and he's not hurt but He's just not up to par, and in a short season, you don't really have any weeks to give away. Can't I can't sit here and wait two weeks for him to finally start throwing six, seven innings? Right, and um, it's I think it's important to I guess um, clarify your thoughts on how much you're sort of um, curbing your expectations on Bueller because when I read that article, I read the same thing you did. I and the first thing that I thought of when this article, I'm like, this is going to cause people to over panic. Now, um, where would you be comfortable taking Bueller? Because I, I, I honestly feel like this is one of those articles that's just gonna, or news tidbits that are just gonna push him down, and then it's gonna be like a parabola curve where he's gonna go back and and get back to close to where he was before. Once, um, well, fuck, we only have like a week left. But where would you, where where would you be comfortable taking him? Where does he uh, where does he sit? Like is he like in the Clevenger Bieber range, Strasburg range? No, no, no. I would take Clevenger over him, Bieber. I'd pro- I'm not a big Strasburg guy, but I would take Strasburg over him. I'd take Flaherty, Kershaw, Castillo, uh, 
just kind of going on a list oh, here. Oh, wow. I'd, He's falling down your board quite a bit. I would take Giolito over him. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't – like, if he's only throwing two innings, you know, what does he throw in five days? Three innings and then another five days, what does he throw? Four innings? Like, I don't know how fast these guys can ramp up, but if you're not, like, ready to go from the get-go, I'm, you're just I, – I just – I can't invest the draft capital it's going to take to get him. Have you um... – have you heard anything about Kershaw just because it's the same team? Like, like, is it just a, is it a Dodgers thing or is it a Bueller thing? No, is, this is just a Bueller thing. I'm, I'm on Kershaw. I like Kershaw. Um, I think he was, uh, he, he threw five innings in the inter-squad game on Sunday. So I think he's, he's going to be ready to go. That was 91 pitches. So he, I think he's going to be pretty much ready to go. I think he's going to go six at least in the first game. I mean, depending on how well he's doing. Nice. I'm just looking at my player shares because you know what? When as we're talking, I started sweating. I'm getting nervous. I'm like, where do I have Walker Bueller? Because you're you're convincing me, and I'm in I'm in about twenty five to thirty leagues. I don't know how many you're in. How many? How uh, many? Yeah, I mean, all those leagues that got canceled. So I mean, I don't know. I'm probably in around probably about thirty five now. Yeah, so you're a bit you're a bit more than I am. I have none of Walker Bueller. I just realized I didn't know that until right now. Oh wow! That's it yeah. was, and that, that sort of surprised me. I got you know, been doing a lot of these online championship drafts. It's my probably my favorite league. It's a twelve-team overall prize, and I love drafting at the back end. You know, drafting eleventh or twelfth. Uh, so you're, 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 Bueller, the Bueller, I, the Bueller Tatis combo. Uh, there's a lot of people were getting that. Uh, yeah. See, I was Bueller and Jose Ramirez. I love that. That was my favorite start, and now. I, I did a couple and I drafted from the 11th and the 12th slot and I don't like down there because I, I'm off Bueller now, you know, so I either got to take one of the other pitchers who I'm not, you know, who I don't love as much as I did before with Bueller. And I just, I don't, I haven't loved my teams as much as I did before. I didn't do a lot of the online championship leagues. I like to get into the, I like to get into them because I, I just have FOMO and I like to get into them, but the, and like the overall prize is awesome, but the thing is, if you're gonna have similar teams, if you're gonna draft similar teams, there's not it doesn't it doesn't entice you to get into as many of them because the 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 payouts are heavily weighted to the overall component of it rather than the actual league component of it. So if there was no overall prize pool, like just league prizes, those the ROI would be would be suboptimal. But the the overall prize is what makes it worthwhile. Now, if you're gonna be drafting this a similar team, you're having like the identical eggs in the same basket. So it doesn't do you as good. So that's why I was sort of, I got into four of them before they got canceled. And I got into, I believe one of them afterwards and I was getting to the, I, I, I tiered it. So I sort of got into them as my taste changed over, over time. I got, I think I did one, one month and then maybe I bunched them together, but I generally like, um, I liked, and I'll do the same thing for football. I got into one and then not until like my perceptions change and I'm like, Oh, you know what? This is a new guy that I really like. I need to get him. Will I join another? Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. So I wanted to ask you a couple of questions and I, and I'm, I want you to give it a, on a, on a scale of one to 10. And these are just, we're just talking about, um, the new season, how, how much of these things change and, and 10 being, well, wow, this is like way different than it was um, when, when I first drafted in huh, November, was it? Uh, we'll, we'll go back to November and versus drafting like a main event now. So the first thing I want to ask you about on a scale of one to 10, how much does position eligibility matter now versus before? 
Um, in terms of the flexibility, I think it, I think it does matter. Um, it, it also mattered before, though. You know, if you, you, you make pickups on Sunday night, right, and um, the KDS run, or not KDS, the, uh, the, the FAB runs, and then those players, that's who you have for the whole week. Sure, you can change out guys Friday through Sunday. But with the positional flexibility, you know, if you got a guy that gets hurt on Tuesday, it's your second baseman, let's say. But let's say that you also have, uh, you know, let's say Cattell Marte, for example, who's second and outfield eligible. And you got him in the outfield. Well, now you can plug him in for, for Friday through Sunday at second base if your bench outfielder is better than your bench second baseman. Right. So, so it, it matters a little bit, um, probably a little bit more. Because, you know, it's not just injuries that knocking guys out now. It's, you know, the COVID, so. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's basically what I was getting at. So, what's, so is this game going to be like you just doing like a verbal answer and then me trying to guess what number it is out of 10? So, like, if I guess, like, if I just listened to what you just said, I would say you're thinking like a four. Is that, so, like, are you just going to, like, start, to, are you just going to talk and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess what number you sort of sound in, like? In comparison to before, I would say it's probably, like, a, a five, maybe. Ooh, I was off by one. Okay. Yeah, I, almost, I almost said five. I almost said five. Yeah, it's not the end-all, be-all, so it's not a ten. But it matters. It definitely matters a little bit, a little bit more. Do you want my answer? Yep. I'd say five. Okay. <laughs> same page. <laughs> um, all right, next. Um, handcuffs. So handcuffing your player now, because same, same, I guess, constant, same boring, repetitive concept, COVID people are going to be out. Now mm -hmm. I'm talking about, um, handcuffing your closers. So if you got Brad hand, Karinchek or, or Whitgren or whoever, if you're getting, um, um, Osuna, you want to get, um, what's his face? I just drafted him. Um, Presley, right? Like that would be a handcuff or the, the best one in, in the best one in hindsight would have been Zach Britton for, for, um, for uh, Chapman, but then even you can, and, and I don't want to just um, stick to closers. There's catchers, of course. And then there's, there's items like um, say, if you drafted, like we're talking, well, this is really a draft champions. Um, if I guess this doesn't apply as much in the main, but if you say like you got Machado or Tatis, you what you got, you're going to get like Ty France or another example, this might be relevant in the draft champions. Like if you draft Chris Bryant, David Bodie, um, or, um, like, um, a Correa, um, well, that's, that's not going to be in the main, I'm trying to think of an example that would be relevant in the main event. Um, uh, oof, um yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, for one to 10, how important one, yeah. uh, the bench spots are too valuable in the main event. Uh, I'm, I'm not worried about backing anything up. Uh, the, what, no, sorry, the what, the what, the what's too valuable? Oh, the, 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 roster spot, the roster spots. Okay. I thought, yeah. you, I, th I thought you said prospects. So. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, bench spots. Uh, too valuable. Uh, sure. I, if I have Brad Hand, maybe I take Krenchek, but that's only because I love Krenchek. I think, I mean, he's such a high strikeout guy. If you have, let's say, your, you know, your fifth or sixth or seventh starting pitcher only has one start that week, and it's a you know, so-so matchup, maybe it's better throw Krenchek in instead of him because he's going to get you the same amount of strikeouts likely. Yeah. See, that's why I like, that's why I like talking to you. And like, how, that's why I like this, having this podcast. I get to talk to people and it sort of, it sort of grounds me with my expectations because I'm in draft champions mode, but then asking that question, it sort of made me realize that yeah, you're hundred percent right. If I were to answer that question before, um, maybe I'd say something different, but yeah, you're right. Like you, it's, it's a, that's an excellent point. Your roster, your roster spots are just too valuable. You want 
good players. Yeah. Basically um, what it is. And that's a good transition to my next one of the 10 question is how much do you value, do you value um, being on a good team, like a winning team more now than before? Uh, For certain, certain positions. Yeah, absolutely. I want nothing to do with the Baltimore Orioles closer. Uh, I don't care if he's locked and loaded the closer all year. I don't want him. Shane Green. Well, that Shane Shane Green was for Detroit, and yeah, he got a lot of saves last year. But how did the, how did the closer situation work out in Baltimore last year? It was miserable. I have. Uh, yeah, I don't think you can even. Call it. I don't know if you. I don't know if you can even call it a closer situation. I think it's just uh, like a situation, like like Jersey Shore. Like how how many <laughs> save opportunities? Are the, how many wins do you think they're going to get? I talked about this with someone. Are they going to get the 20 wins, you think? Did I talk about this with you? Did you uh, – who posted the poll with the over-under wins for the Orioles? I did, yeah. yeah. But I went, I went pretty low on that. We talked about this already. I, I'd say under the 17 and a half. I, I think the Orioles could win. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they won, like, five games. Yeah, they're awful. I well, mean, I'd be surprised. But, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like, be like, this is like, the, this is, like, the best thing in the world ever that I've seen. And this is like, okay, I'd go on with my day. Yeah. Like I would have to be in complete desperation to roster the closing pitcher from Baltimore Orioles. Okay. Let's, let's think about this a different way. And I'm with you. I don't want any, and I, I don't, I've never, I don't want them anything to do with them in a, in a DC even. And I've been completely fading them. Um, uh, so if Baltimore had a set closer, say you had, um, you were a genie in the bottle and you, and you knew what the future was going to hold to some extent. And you knew that say Hunter Harvey was going to be their closer and he would get a hundred percent of their save opportunities over under 0.5 save opportunities per week. <laughs> per week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know because they might win one or two games, but they might not be save opportunities. It's a great over. It's a great over number. I'm over under number. I mean, I would probably go over because under is zero, and yeah, I think maybe he gets one opportunity a week. But I mean, he's nope. far from proven. But do you agree that the that point five over under is the over none? Oh, is the Vegas number they should use for the the Baltimore Orioles save opportunities? Yeah, in a, in a, in a week. I mean, yeah, I would I would say so. So like that bodes well for your um, fading um, Orioles closers. Yeah, I, just, I, I don't I don't want I no interest in in that situation i don't really have much interest in in whatever is going to happen in the giants situation you're talking just closers though right yeah just closers. yeah 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 i'm i said this before and i i said like even players like that are going to be on bad teams um in the first couple of rounds like hitters like i think like minor injuries would knock them out of the season even quicker and um yeah, because they're not competing for anything. Yeah, they're not competing. So, like, why, why, why rough? Why, why go through like a, an oblique injury or an ankle injury when there's nothing to play for? And yeah, they're not I think I, and I think there's a fallacy out there when people are talking about oh, it's a short, it's a short season, so you're not you're going to be in it. Um, you're going to be in it um, for a long like there's it's going to be um, small like a less amount of games left before people are out of it. That's not true. Like on a percentage basis teams are going to be out of it in just the same amount of time. Like it's all, it's all relative to proportion of games. So yeah, like you're going to be, you're going to be out. Teams are going to be out of it quicker and they're also going to be out of it. Um, 
there's also going to be more like um, there's also going to be it's also the reverse as well. So I think I, I think I don't think things much things change much, but I think it's sort of a tiebreaker. I don't want I don't want anything to do with those top hitters that are going to be on bad teams. Um, I talked about Merrifield as as an example. He's on a bad team. Like like he could get traded. Um, and um, and um, I've also heard I've also read an article that players and this I don't know if you've heard about this. This is just changing gears completely. I read an article. I think it was a Cleveland Indian article where they said that players can now. There's actually an opportunity for players to opt out during the season. So like Francisco Lindor is actually an example of this because there's an Indians article. I don't have it pulled up, but they said that like he has to play, I think like 22 games or something like that to get like the, um, to be our, to, to be like arbitration eligible or free agent or to, to accrue that year, the fifth year of service. So yeah. they, they listed guys like Springer, Lindor, um, and there's one other guy, I'm forgetting his name, that they're big names that like, I think Springer needs to play like, Trevor, Trevor Bauer was one of them. Um, they need to play like, like an absurdly low number of games before they, they accrue that service time where they can become free, free agents and get the big, get a bigger payday. So that's, I guess, completely changing gears and not really on this one to 10 game. But what do you think about that? Have you heard anything about that? Well, I mean, at least they're on good teams, right? You should True. Be, True. All three of those teams should be competing. So that's definitely a good thing. I mean, yeah, well, they're in, the, they're in the central. Anyone can compete in the central. Yeah. It all depends on how things go. I mean, if the testing is going well, if the games are going well, like, you know, the protocols are all in place and everything's going fine. I don't, they, they don't have a reason to opt out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I hear you. I just, it's just, it's so, so unknown. It's like, almost like you want to go through all the players in the first like six or seven rounds. Like, okay, you got a wife, you got kids what's your contract situation like are you in camp yet and then if you have like tick marks next to all of them you could sort of just like do the pro you like um why if they're not if they've missed a lot of boxes then why take that player if there's just other great players you can take in the early rounds like they're not like why for example why would you take i don't know um Charlie Blackman, like I don't know like I'm not saying that he's ticking any of the boxes I'm just using him as a random example when you can take Tommy Pham. Like, I know they both have risks in different ways, but I'm just using, like, they're just very similar. Like, they're similar enough. Like, I know if everything went to, like, what people have seen so far, Blackman would be the better player. But if, say, Tommy Pham ticked all four boxes and Charlie Blackman ticked half of them, why would you ever take Blackman? Just given the answer to you this season. Yeah. Like, you're... Um, and yeah, that's a good, um, I guess maybe transition to, um, just some of the, let's talk about some specific players and one of them, um, talking about like the, the huge risk versus the, 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 the risk is the, the risk factor is far greater than the difference in, I guess, quality of your pick, um, to take this player and that player is Mike Trout. So let's talk about Mike Trout. Um, I don't know if you have the ADP pulled up for the two main events that um, that have happened, and that's something we're going to reference. But I'll, I have it here. And Trout went seventh and thirteenth, so he still was a first round pick. Now there's a, there's a big amount of risk, and I think people are sort of getting they're, they're sort of I, I feel like they're sort of like Mike Trout sitting out fatigue, or like it was like such a big deal at first, and now like you've heard nothing, and and I guess like well, I don't know. What are your thoughts on Trout? Uh... I'm not touching him in the first round. 
Me too. There's just too way too many good good players there in the first round. So I'm just I'm staying away. Um, uh, the, here's what we know: we know he's going to miss some time. How much time we don't know. You know, it's probably at least three days. I would guess it's probably going to be around a week. I don't know. Have you heard any about anything about the protocols for him coming back? Is he have to no. test negative to come back or? No, I haven't heard anything about the protocols, nor if I did hear about any of the protocols, would I trust that those protocols would still um, be in play two weeks from now and they would be followed properly. So you're talking about the, you're talking about the USA, right? <laughs> no, I'm talking about Major League Baseball. I'm just, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But yeah, no, um, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not touching him in the first round. Yeah, and and. And that's that's uh, for me now. If Curlin is all about him, then we can we'll have that discussion. Uh, I don't think he is. I think Mike said he's he's not touching him in the first round either. Okay. Yeah, it's it's going to be awfully tough to pass up on him because if he does only miss you know three days, it's it's going to be a steal for somebody. <laughs> what you know? What's the latest to be going regular draft season? Like fourth or fifth? Uh, yeah, I guess must have been fifth at the most. Yeah, I mean, the two pitchers jumped in front of him a couple times, but yeah, it's going to be a major steal for somebody if he only misses a couple of games. But I'm I'm just not going to roll the dice in the first round on somebody who, who possibly could miss time, and I don't think he's completely ruled out, you know, opting out either. So that's true. Uh, the other guy I want to well, um, the second guy I want to talk about is Josh Hader. Um, and I think you wanted to talk about him as two. I don't think he's made it out of the third round in these main events. Correct? Uh, I'm, I'm looking him up right now. He went 30, yeah, 37 and 40. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not in on him. Uh, I wasn't in, in on him in the fourth round either. Uh, you're from Wisconsin, right? So, you know, you, yeah, you're, I'm you're there. Man, but when it comes to fantasy, I, I leave my fandom out of it. Uh, I just I don't know how they're going to use him. I understand some people think he's going to get wins. You can't project wins for a close or for a relief pitcher, first of all. So I don't understand why people are saying that. Uh, and second of all, I don't know how many save opportunities he can get. I could see him, them using him for a couple innings, you know, seventh, eighth inning, let somebody get a, you know, somebody else handle the ninth. If the, if the you know, let's say he comes in the seventh inning, one out and you know, bases loaded or something, and he ends up getting, the, you know, the two outs and then works the eighth. And then and then if he, then if he doesn't get the save in that game, then he's probably going to sit the next game because he threw, you know, two innings in the game before. And I, I just – I understand he, the strikeouts are high. The ratios are going to be pretty good. But I just can't – I can't take him in the third round with so many other good players right there. And I think this goes hand in hand with closers moving up um, in these main events and even before the main events, as soon as, as soon as the new season was announced, closers just shot up boards. Um, um, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm out on, I'm, I'm, I've never been in on Hater this year. I've, he's a guy that I have zero shares of in about 30 leagues. Um, so yeah, I, I, I get the, I understand the points and I, I agree with the points that people are making of how valuable he is. Like I think it was Matthew Matthew Davis that uh, that said like he I was talking to him and I think you were on that same call that same Zoom call where he was talking about how how like he's going to pitch every other day two innings and the ratios and strikeouts and potential wins and potential saves like he's going to be like I agree with that that's like a really really good point 
but still with what's available around that time with other the hitters and the step starting pitchers I'm like to get like the pitchers and their volume and the hitters just like that you're not going to be able to you're not going to be able to replace those hitters that that are those four or five category studs around that time just like yeah I can't justify taking hater yeah and just to clarify something when I was saying I wasn't on him in the fourth round that was when all the other closes were going in the sixth round um but yeah closes are pushed up now so you know in, if in the fourth round with you know I'm fine with taking a high-end closer for the main events um because they're flying. I mean, it's been insane in these two main events where these closers are going. Yeah. And you got to get your saves. That's the thing. Like, in an overall competition, you can't punt anything. So if you if you miss out on the run, if you're waiting until a seventh eighth round to take your first closer, they're going to be gone. You're going to run. You're going to have the bottom of the barrel closers who likely are going to lose their job or get traded or they're on a shitty team. Yeah. So. I understand everybody wants to get their saves. I'm, I'm one of those guys as well. I don't want to be wasting fab battling with other 14 other people in the league, trying to get the next closer that takes over who might not even be that great, but you got to spend half your budget on them. Yeah. That's, that's a shitty, that's a shitty feeling. Yeah. So, I mean, fourth round, you know, I'll talk with Mike again and if, you know, one of the top closers are there in the fourth round for us, maybe we'll, we'll pull the trigger on it. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, you never know how people feel about him. I know Mike. Uh, Mike took Hader as his first pitcher in the draft, the most recent draft that we did together. He took him in the, on the three-four turn. So I know he's he's in on him to some degree. So you guys, you guys can fight about that. Um, now, yeah, again, it, it depends on how the draft's going. We'll see who's there. You know, we'll see who we get in the first and second round, and we'll go from there. Well, yeah, you're in the ten spot, so you're going to be at three point ten. So really. That's going to be your only opportunity to take him, I believe. Oh, a three, three, ten, or four, um, four, whatever, four, five, yeah. four, six, whatever it is. Yeah. So uh, that's you got to figure out like the four, six. There's um, that's that's um, fifty, fifty first overall. So if you got to figure if you if you know you like fifty, fifty players more than Hater, that's what you need to decide, right? Like are there, right. 50, are there fifty? Are there fifty non-closers that you like more than Hater that you couldn't pass up for Hater? That's the question. Yeah, I mean, you know, kind of what it comes down to. Let's say we start off with two hitters, and do we want to take Hater or do we want to take somebody maybe like is you know Giolito's there? Do we want to get an ace? Yeah, for exactly. me personally, I would rather get the ace and you know try to get you know possibly one of the closers in the in the fourth round, one of the other top closers, Yates or Osuna. I would rather go that route. Right. Okay. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what Mike wants to do, and see if he can convince me otherwise. If he wants to take it. All right. This is something that got completely shaken up, in my opinion, um, in these main in main events, and it's not something that I was really expecting to see, but um, not really something I'm too surprised about. Now I'm going to give you the min picks of these three players. These are three players that um, I that I'm that I'm interested in, and um, they're generally. Um, they sort of fit together for me. And you may be, you may be guessing, but their, their min picks are 52, 54, and 63. Don't. <laughs> I need to guess what three pitch. You, you got to guess. Don't look. So the, um, okay. So the, the, I'll tell you the players, but you, I want you to guess who is 52, 54, and 63. So we're looking, what is that? Fourth round? 
Yeah. Their fourth round, they're all, they're, their min picks are all in, well, one's in the fifth round, actually. Right, 63? Uh, I'll say Castellanos. No, no. The, um, it's Louis Robert, Victor Robles, and Ramon Lariano. So those three guys I, I sort of group together because they're 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 outfielders. They're going to get you the stolen base. They're one like they're one of that last group of guys that can get you significant stolen bases potentially. So who do you think had uh, to min pick? Like I order them in the highest min pick to the lowest min pick that you would expect. Uh, I would say Robert is lowest. Okay, you're right. Um, Loriano's probably in the middle. Yeah, you're right. That's not what I expected. Victor Robles. So, so Robert had his 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 min was 52 and his max was 68. So he was the lowest in both of them, and he obviously has the highest ADP of the three of them, which is completely the opposite of even recent draft champions and other drafts that was happening. Uh, Robles went 63rd as a min, which is the highest min, and he was always going off the board first, like almost always. And his max was 70. And then Ramon Lariano had the mid, middle of the ground min of 54, but he, his max was 82. So he went the latest. Um, his max was the highest. But really, like overall, any, and because his max was so high, his ADP is a little bit higher than Robles. But I was just surprised that Robles, Robles is falling. He fell in the first two main events relative to where he was going before. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of people aren't on him because of his stat cast numbers, but. I like him. I don't, I don't understand. So, sure. Okay, so his max exit velocity, his exit, average exit velocity isn't as good as some other players. Neither is Ozzy Elbies. Are we, yeah. And Altuve. I mean, are we sure that he can't get better? I mean, he's young. You know, he had a high pedigree. Last year was his first, you know, full year. I don't, I don't understand. Like, just because he, you know, wasn't like, unbelievable last year doesn't mean he can't get better. He's 23 years old. So, but I think uh, I think one of the is one of the reasons why he fell because he's possible COVID. Who's that? Robles. Oh, is he possible? I didn't. I, maybe I maybe I um, overlooked that. I forget. There's been so many reports. Um, recently. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you need, been able to you need a first week while quarantining. Okay. So yeah, that that would actually explain a lot of things um there's been so many of those i've uh i've never really i haven't really been targeting robles i've been really targeting the other guys and and um i just took lariano over robles in my most recent draft champions right before we got on right before we got on this call but um yeah and i i would uh i would as well because i'm not again who knows when he's gonna be back could he be back before an opening day sure what if he's out two weeks in, now, in the are these are these IL stints like backdated? So if if somebody's on the I don't know is it the ten or fifteen day IL whatever it is like if they're on that IL can they and they're and they've been on that IL since like beginning of July can they get activated like by the second day of the season? I actually don't know. Uh, I would I would assume so. Yeah, I would think so. All right. Yeah, and actually, just a little tidbit here, Mercado. His min pick, like the min picks for those three were 50, 52, 52, 54, 63. Mercado's min was 66, so not too far off. And I sort of group him as like a uh, like poor man's them. 
yeah. poor, a poor man's them. <laughs> I, I def, you know, the recent report of Hernandez leading off and Mercado hitting in the, in the, the bottom half of the lineup is not good news for Mercado. Uh, I was definitely high on him because he's got a lot of speed. He's shown he's got a little power. But if he's hitting in the bottom half of the lineup, I think you still get a lot of RBI opportunities. I think the, the top half of the lineup is good enough where they're gonna, he's going to have a lot of guys on base. But just, I mean, every spot you hit further down the lineup, it's less, you know, plate appearances per game. And I think that's one of the biggest things in this year is getting as many at-bats and as many innings as you can. Yep, I think that's uh, good advice. And I think um, I've heard that and I've agreed to it, but I just I find it very hard to follow when I'm actually drafting. Do you find that? Like, you know, you know what's right, but you just want to be bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Um, need for speed. If you don't get it early, you're, you're kind of, you're looking at those guys. True, true, true. Um, I'm, just, I'm just looking at um, other guys with like a big disparity between their, um, um, their like min and max. Well, there's been two drafts, but I guess there's a big disparity between the two drafts. Um, just want to get your thoughts on, on these players. One would be Eloy, Eloy, 59 and 80. So that's a pretty big gap. Uh, yeah. Where do you, where do you, where do you think, um, where do you think that's going to settle? Somewhere in between, somewhere maybe even higher. You know, one thing I've noticed is with, with the starting pitchers getting pushed up, the closes getting pushed up, somebody has to fall. And from the looks of it, it looks like the, the hitters that in those, usual fourth and fifth rounds third fourth and fifth rounds are the ones falling mm, good point the bases yeah i was looking a bit further down the list and I'm, we're not going to get that further but i'm looking at some of the adps like someone like that stuck out to me um lord guriel like his adp in these mains are like the, the, consistently in the 170s where he's going in the 140s before and i think it's because of what you just said yeah um, another guy was Otani. Um, I don't have him pulled. Oh, there it is, 95 and 157. So that's a, that's an uh, over 60, 60 uh, pick gap. So that's a four-round difference. I think he'll probably fall more in the later end than the early end when it's all said and done. What do you? What about you? Yeah, I, I'm not an Otani guy, so <laughs> he's definitely gonna fall. I mean, if it was all if it was all me, he would definitely fall. <laughs> And I think this guy, this guy's also either you're on him or you're not. Um, Aaron Judge, he went 25th and I think 75th. I'm trying to pull him up, make sure that I said that correctly. Do you have him? Yeah, it's 25 and 75. So obviously ADP 50. Yeah, that's, uh, I'd like to have a talk with the guy that took him at 25th. Yeah, I'd like to have a talk with the guy that took him 75th. <laughs> I wouldn't take him, I wouldn't take him 75th either. No, 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 I wouldn't either. Just out of curiosity, let's look at Stanton. Let's look at his ADP. He's actually – is his ADP actually after Judge? I can't find him. Let's do control F. Stanton. Yep, he's after him. He went 70, 67 and 72. I would – I prefer Stanton. Uh, and I'm, I've, I'm, a, I'm one of the biggest fader of Stantons you can find, but I'd still prefer Stanton over Judge this year. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm off both of them. Uh, just again, I just you can't afford any injuries. These guys are too injury prone. I just I don't want to deal with it. I would I would rather take I would rather take Eloy over both of them. Oh, hundred percent. Um, just on that on that note, just, I don't know why this random thoughts pop into my head, but 
what about Voigt, Luke Voigt? Do you, do you think he's, he's also has some injuries and I think he had like a hernia or something last year. Do you, are you avoiding him for the same reason? Or does his price? Um, no, right? because he doesn't cost nearly as much. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. You know, from what it sounds like, he came into camp, you know, lighter. Looks like he's in better shape. You yeah. know, how that all goes. But, uh, yeah, just the cost for him to be able to hit in the Yankees lineup, I, yeah. I'm perfectly fine with him as a quarter infield spot. And if I miss out on all the, you know, a lot of top first basemen, then I would be fine to, to lock him into my first base slot as well. Yeah, I've done that. I've done that before. And um, I think, um, I'm, I'm, I, as I said, I'm not a huge, um, not a huge guy to read into this, the, the new schedule a lot and make a lot of adjustments. But I, I do think that the, the Yankees and the Rays just get to beat up. Um, the, the Boston rotation keeps getting worse and worse. The Jays are nothing special. Uh, the Orioles are god awful. The Marlins are bad. Like um, those East hitters. And I think the Yankees win the Marlin lottery where they get to play the Marlins twice. I think one of those teams, I forget who, but the Yankees or the Rays, both one of those gets the Marlins um, two series, which is more than anyone else gets them in the, in the, in the ALE. So I think th- those two teams get a good hitting boost based on the new schedule. Yeah. And he's just one of many guys, which is why I love to get my speed in the first couple of rounds with other guys that do, you know, that also hit for, for power and average. I like to attack average and speed early because there's guys like Voigt that you can get for power that uh, if you you haven't established your batting average that he could, um, you know, he's definitely not a batting average asset. He's also not a drain, but if you don't have batting average established already, the further you get down in drafts, guys like Luke Voigt, uh, you know, other power hitters that are down there, you know, let's say Chris Davis, there's plenty of power to get, but the, you know their their batting averages are, you know, aren't up to, up to par. So that's why I like to attack batting average early and attack uh, speed early. Good. Um, let's see. Okay, so we, we we sort of talked about this I think um, beforehand, but um, two min and maxes I want to I want to share with you, and and I guess it's kind of kind of obvious when when you when you think about like the COVID their COVID situation and reporting to camp, but one of them. Min 94, max 104. Min 92, max 120. Those two guys, the first one I said was Glasnow, and the second one was Lizardo. So they're going very close. So actually, Lizardo has a lower min than Glasnow in the main event so far. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I've been completely out on Lizardo. Uh, I'm not interested in the guy. Well, first, I was out on him beforehand, but now that with the that he's out with the COVID as well. That he's definitely off my draft board. Uh, I can see him falling into the 100s for sure, even though he was going like in the 70s uh, earlier. Yeah, I was in a draft where he went in the fifth round, and I just I, for the life of me, can't understand why. I see, but he shares. I think everybody thinks because he was on the innings limit before that just because it's a shorter season. Now he's okay. He's full go. Well, no, he's still gonna throw four innings multiple times. Uh, you know, he's going to throw five innings. Like how, how many starts do you, would you project him to throw six innings this year if he didn't have COVID? Mm, one. Yeah. I think maybe one, two towards the end of the year. Maybe. I, I don't know. Yeah. One, one would be my guess. Yeah. So I was just completely, completely off him uh, before COVID. Now with COVID, I mean, it's just, 
He's done. I just like I, I was on him before COVID. After COVID, I was off him. I don't think I got any shares of him, but I I have five shares of him out of like twenty seven or twenty eight. So, eh. but oh, one of them was a Raz Slam, so that doesn't count. Like that's not. I I won't count that because. Yeah, I mean, his, his skills are fantastic, and I think he's going to be awesome for, you know, 2021 and beyond. But for this year, I was I was completely out on him. Yeah, these draft champions leagues aren't keeper leagues, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm I did like Glasnow. Uh, I'm a little more worried now that, uh, you know, he was kind of late getting to camp, so he's not really up to, up to speed. Um, mm. But I remember last time I was on here with you uh, on this podcast, we, I was – kind of mentioning how I really like the K for nine, um, K for nine guys. So I thought, you know, he's pitching on a good team. His K for nine is high. You know, he was throwing last year, six, uh, six, seven innings. He was phenomenal for his first 10 starts last year. So I was, I was on class now, but um, I understand the drop a little bit, uh, but keep in mind these main events were uh, done before he reported to camp. So um, I think we'll see him go up a little bit uh, for uh, the drafts coming up shortly here. Right. Um, all right. That was really all I had um, to talk about. Um, is there anything else you wanted to ask me or um, besides um, just um, grabbing a main event entry? I got really pumped to, to play just because it's good. It's just, it's a lot of fun. So yeah. and uh, if, NFBC and just talking to you and like, it's just, it's just something to, like, like just something to talk about with your, with all the guys you talk baseball with the whole year. So it's going to be like, if I don't, if I don't get into, if you, if you don't get into one, you're going to be kicking yourself because everyone's going to be talking about their main event team. So you're yeah. going to be, you're going to, you're going to be like, you're going to be like um, eating lunch by yourself, like Steven Glansberg, like in the movie super, super bad. If you don't get into a main event, I don't know. If, I don't know if you've caught that. I don't know if that reference went over your head or not, but don't be, don't be Steven Glansberg and be eating your lunch by yourself in the loser cafeteria, not in a main event, but yeah, you don't like, want to. But, have but but wait a second! I just said something pretty bad because it's like twelve hundred bucks, and like I called you a loser for being like not affording a mid event, which is not what I meant. I just it was a joke, and um, I know it's I know it's not always affordable for everyone, so whatever, right? Yeah. Um, but if you but if you can afford it, if you can afford it, like I think it's it's just gonna it's just gonna be something that's super fun. Yeah, no doubt to talk about even if you lose. Have you uh, figured out which uh, draft you're getting in yet? No, I haven't. I, um, all this talk about um, like the ADP and looking at the ADP is just fascinating. So I might want to like, usually I want to jump into the drafts early. So I've been jumping into the football drafts like crazy and I'm already seeing like it, that's already changing and baseball changed. Like I, I have my guys and I was able to get on my guys early. Like I loved, like I love certain players and I was able to get them in November and December and it just doesn't happen anymore. So I like to be on it earlier, but like that's not, that's not going to help you in like a, in a one week window. So Right. I might I might wait it out. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna join one, but I'm gonna do a sneak attack into one of them. I don't know which one. Looking at the ADPs, is there any uh, any certain uh, draft position you uh, would prefer to be in? Well, yeah, I want to be in the early part of the draft. I, I want a, a top um, a top uh, preferably a top I guess five pick. I'm gonna get two other players I really really like. Um, whereas if you're like on the back end of the draft, like you picking like 12, 13, 14, like when it, when it twists around into the fifth round, actually, that's when it can dry up for you. So, um, yeah, the, the one thing I've, uh, that I've noticed is if you're picking in the first, you know, first couple 
couple spots, first five spots or whatever, uh, you're probably not going to get a top closer. Just uh, looking at where they're going because they're going, you know, end of third, early fourth is when the closer runs are kind of starting, it looks like, early to mid fourth. So you're not picking till the end of the fourth round. So, I mean, it, obviously your top three players are going to be really good. But if you're if you're looking if you really want a top closer like you're dead set on get a top closer, probably wise to choose the back half of the draft. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, I think I think that's a consensus um, amongst everyone to to get a top spot. But I think if I do have to if I if I did have to take a turn pick, um, I I think I'd rank it 15, 14, and thirteen if I'm going to be on the like those last three picks because I like having the back to back picks. You get to you get to think about it. You know you're not going to get sniped. But then I'd rather, I'd rather 14 because you only have to worry about one person, and you can you can actually look at and analyze that person. Okay, do they have a catcher? Do they have a closer? I can maybe wait two picks, and it's almost like um like a one pick bonus where you can sort of read that person. So in a way, yeah. 14, 14, I kind of maybe like 14 more than 15. Um, but then 13, I just I, I don't like 13. Obviously, when you when you get when you get like into that 12, 13, 11 range, that's probably the worst place to, like 12, 13 is probably the worst place to be, I think. Yeah, it's because it's tough because you're not sure how exactly you're going to start your team, you know, even just your first pick. You're not sure exactly where, what, what's going to be there. You know, sometimes if you dead set on getting a starting pitcher, sometimes those pitchers get pushed up. Yeah, um, I think 10 is a ton. 10 is a tough spot to be at because you, you might get, you might get a, like you're, you're going to get a, a player you feel like pretty good with on the first round, but then after like get coming around in the second round, you might just, it might be a drop off. Like you might, there might just be like, there's a, there's a big glob there. I find like um, from pick like 20 to like 30, like there's guys that like, that you're, like for a second round pick, there's guys like Freeman, JD Martinez or, or Rendon, Aaron, if Rendon and like Devers, you're just like, you're not going to get, I want to get stolen bases. So I don't like it. I don't, I don't really want to get a, a hitter there um, unless like I can get, yeah, I can get some stolen bases or I'm just going to take a picture. Yeah. I mean, maybe like Starling Marte might be there in the second at that, at that spot. Um, you, hear, you hear he almost retired completely after his wife died. Eh? Really? Did he really? I heard that. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's probably a huge mental mental issue uh, with baseball being very very much a mental game as well as physical it's um, for sure tough situation that's for sure oh yeah um, let me ask you do you think Degrom slips at all after his uh mri even though it came back clean yeah i think he would I'm, uh you know i'm kind of curious where he's gonna go you know with us drafting 10th if he was fine obviously he's probably going before our pick but you know, might, a little scare. I wonder if he drops a little bit. Yeah, it's like I think the picking tenth, you might you might have to um, do some serious risk assessment because you already told me you're not going to take Trout, but you, he, there's a very good chance you have Trout as a potential um, choice in yeah. tenth, and then you have a you have an injured Degrom, and people forget last year, like um, he he was um, he was he had an elbow, his elbow was barking hard at the middle of the season. And no one wanted to do. No one wanted to do anything to do with him. I remember I had him in a couple of leagues, um, leagues where you can actually trade. And I was trying to, I was furiously trying to trade dude Jacob Degrom for like pennies in the dollar. Well, not pennies, but I was offering up for like Trevor Bauer, like Snell, um, I for, like players like that um, um, uh, around that time. Like maybe Bueller, I forget. 
but um yeah like uh but then he turned out to be fine turned out to be fine but he's like he's had some injuries so he's not not he's not perfect in terms of his health so right. that's 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 just all throughout draft season, like there was the Cole DeGrom. A lot of people were on DeGrom over Cole, but that was, that was a huge tiebreaker for me in Cole or DeGrom because I, people tend to forget that, that injury scare that DeGrom had last year, his elbow. And like, he was at an MRI and like people, people were thinking the worst, like Tommy John. And then all of a sudden he's fine. But I'm, I didn't forget that. And um, that, that just sort of something in the back of my mind. It was definitely a huge tiebreaker between the two. And now, yeah, um, his back's, Flaring up, so I, I do think he falls. Yeah, for sure. Where are you at on Verlander and Scherzer? I mean, they've well, had their little health issues. Yeah, well. that's a good that's a good question. Um, um, going into the season, I was uh, Verlander was my number three after um, Cole Degrom, like a clear, a clear number three. And then that was a, that was a tier for me. And then it was a drop off after that. And then well, Scherzer was fourth, and then Bueller was sort of in his own tier as number five for me. Um, that was before the season started. Now I'm actually starting to believe in um, Scherzer over Verlander. I don't know why, but I'm just saying like it's a shorter season. I was more worried about the injuries for um, Scherzer pitching a whole year because of yeah. his back last year. But now, me too. Now I'm sort of uh, I think I might flip flop them. I think they're pretty close though. But uh, Scherzer's on a better team. I I don't think honestly I don't think the Astros are going to be nearly as good as they have been this year. I don't even think they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean we'll see. I mean anything can happen these uh, the short season. The one thing for Scherzer with me is I was completely off him as well going into the long haul. But all this extra time is I mean it's got it had to have just benefited him. Uh, he was exhausted at the end of the year last year. I mean, so many innings. Like, remember, he couldn't even like lift his arm to get dressed. Yeah, his neck was messed up. Yeah, yeah. So I think he exhausted just everything he had, and so I was off him going into this year. But this extended layoff and then a sh- short season. I mean, his his numbers are still phenomenal. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm back in on Max Scherzer a little bit. I am too. I don't know if I'm going to get any of him. Um, I'd be yeah, fine. I'd be, I'd be fine without him, but um, I just don't think I'm going to take a picture where, where he's going. Um, but we'll see. We'll yeah, see. you look at you look at these two main event drafts: Scherzer, Verlander, Bueller, Degrom, and Cole. All went in both main events in the first round. So I guess um, we'll we'll end off on this question for you. What's your one piece of piece of advice for me? In life, no, in the main event. If you had to give me one piece of advice for someone, I'm doing the main event for the first time, what's, what's your piece of advice? Uh, have fun. <laughs> well, uh, that's not helpful. <laughs> I, would say, I would say just make sure that you take your guys. Like, it's no different than any other draft, really. You just take your guys. A lot of these, maybe like for the first like five, six rounds, you can just throw ADP right out the window because it's going to get wild. People are going to jump to get their guys two, three rounds. And it just, it happens every time. Have backup plans. Don't expect to get certain guys at certain spots. And yeah, just make sure, make sure when, uh, with each, each round you have multiple different options uh, to go. Don't be dead set on one certain guy because there's a good chance you're probably not going to get them. That's good. That's a good piece of advice. I think you can use that for any, basically any draft, not just the main, but the main, but I, I guess that goes with what you're saying. Don't, 
don't treat it like any don't don't treat it any differently than any other draft. Players can go in at any at any point. Yep. Yep. All right. So fish, Johnny. Thanks for thanks for uh, coming on. I think that was a good that was good that was a good round we had. I think it was informative. I think it was a good uh, little um, primer for the main event. Find fish at at fish two forty three on Twitter. Good follow. I, I'd recommend if you don't follow him, give him a follow because uh, especially if you're um, playing in the NFBC or playing the main event. So I think there's enough people on that play fantasy baseball even on any site high stakes um, that um, that uh, should be following John. So. Um, is obviously not enough. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. So on that note. Um, Thanks for having me on, Zach. Appreciate it. All right. Um, so good luck in your main events, but I'm sure I'll talk to you before then offline. But uh, again, take it easy. Have a good night.